You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making Waves Welcome to Making Waves. This is the Ship Rock Podcast. My name is Justin, along with my co-host, uh, Chad. We are certainly honored and uh, very happy that this gentleman is joining us tonight. Uh, please, everyone, welcome Brian Head Welsh, author, documentary filmmaker, guitarist, songwriter, and vocalist for the band's Corn, and his latest project, it's actually an ongoing project, Love and Death. Brian, thank you so much for joining us, bud. Thank you very much, Chad. <laughs> hey, my yeah. pleasure, man. I uh, I'll be the ghost in uh, in the in the room. It, uh, I've been looking forward to this episode uh, this whole month and the oh, month yeah. before since you said yes. So thanks for being here, well, like thank uh, Justin. You, said. I appreciate it, and it's an honor to be on here. And sorry you couldn't join us in person, ladies and gentlemen. He got outvoted for um, um, he didn't win the best denim jacket contest, so he's yeah, not. There can be up. only one. His hair was a little off tonight. Uh, so, Brian, you guys have a lot of stuff going on with this project. Obviously, the new album, uh, per- Perfectly Preserved, I should say, is uh, is released this Friday. Yes. And to coincide with that, you have a global streaming event as the album release. How did that all come to be? Man, you know, this thing came called COVID, and it started a worldwide pandemic. And so it just made all this time free up and uh, I was at home for a while and um, my friends in Breaking Benjamin, Jason Rao, uh, Keith Wallen, both of them, both guitar players from Breaking Benjamin and uh, J.R. Barice from Spoken, um, Phineas Drummer, Isaiah Perez, we are all just, we, we, we got together and I've been working on Love and Death off and on for the last five years, almost six years. So um, with, you know, Corn and Breaking Benjamin's schedules, it's been hard to finish. So we finally worked it out. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's an interesting because a lot of people always think, well, why are they doing this band? It's usually just uh, an outlet for some of the other inspirations and, and things you guys have. And also, you know, you do have some time now to, to kind of search this creative path. Um, was that one of the things or did you just have a lot of songs kicking around? It was time to time to record them no we did have a lot of songs most of the record like 70 percent of the record was written maybe 60 65 but um um actually no let me let me rewind um the uh the like almost the whole record was written and um we got together we brought joe rickard in he's an ex-drummer for 
in flames and and the band red and uh i mean these drummers are very talented man it's crazy but um so we had the record written joe came in and he he co-produced too and he listened to the songs we had and he said we got to throw away these three songs and they were mainly written by me i think and so i had to take a piece of humble pie and kind of just be like okay cool so but keith wallen from breaking benjamin came in and he started writing with us and honestly he saved the record from being like a good record to a great record i feel the, the the tracks that we've heard so far man they're really incredible they sound great they flow great um your guitar playing and voice sounds incredible uh, did you guys have uh do you ever have any like pulling the punches with jason when you're like cu- cutting guitars or whoever's gonna do that or is all guitars uh, on the rec- on these songs you no I, honestly um i jr barrice he's the uh he's the young guy in the band he's 25 I started playing with him when he was 15. He filled in for a guitar player that couldn't tour anymore with me. And he quit like a week before the tour or two weeks or something. Scott Von Helt, he's awesome guy, but yeah, he was having a baby and had to, had to bow out because we weren't making any money basically. (laughs) And um, so we found this kid online, JR and been friends with him ever since. And so I really wanted to pull the gold out of him because you know, the last record he just kind of did, he played what we wrote, you know, this time I wanted him to write. I wanted him to um, add his flavor. So he actually played majority of the guitar. I added my, my finishing touches on it and whatnot. And JR, or sorry, Jason played some guitars well, but Jason played bass mostly, but he's very involved in the writing. So he took the riffs, on some of the songs and really like made them just the best they could be. And we all worked on it together, but um, yeah, it was really a, a collaborative effort. That's awesome. And if you're, if you're somebody like JR and you're 15 on the internet and you get discovered by somebody like yourself, how does that happen? Like uh, I can only imagine myself uh, being in, in his shoes and how uh, intensely overwhelming that would feel. Did you know him from, did he like, was he a part of another band you're talking about? discovering them on the internet, wondering how you got there. So we, we needed a guitar player or we were canceling the tour. That was it. We oh. needed one. And we couldn't find one through friends, you know, and just uh, word of mouth. So where did we go? We went to the internet. And we actually found a band that was having tryouts. And they wanted online YouTube submissions. And they were going to pick the, the best gu- guitarist for their band. And we found, and we went, we went through the video and we, and one of their tryout guys was him. And so we grabbed him. And the funny thing is this band, like the, the band didn't even get a new guitar player because the old one came back. So they did the contest for nothing. Oh, wow. So it actually worked out to everybody's favor. And that is hilarious. <laughs> that like that. <laughs> yeah, swooped it into the guitarist. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, he'll never make it. Let's grab him. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Brian, when you, when you obviously when corn, you do a lot of backing vocals and you, you, you can take the spotlight there occasionally, but what's it like going and becoming the front man? Was it a little daunting at first? I mean, you've been doing it now for a while, but at first was a little kind of getting in a comfort zone or did you, was it something you just kind of fell right into? Well, I mean, the, the the desire came when all the all the chicks wanted Jonathan, and so I'm just like, man, I got to start my own band. 
and get the attention, you know? And yeah. so and I'm just well joking. played, but uh, no, it was a thing where, uh, what was the question? Uh, how, what was it like switching over from a backing vocals to being a front man? It actually started when corn, when I left corn and, um, I went through a lot and I wanted to talk about some of the, my personal issues and what I overcame and what I found and everything. And so that's what started it. Cause background vocals are, are one thing, but really going for it, you know, singing is another. And so I really started working on it in 2005 and yeah, so that was it. And I feel like, uh, my first main thing to do in life is guitar and my position in corn, you know, I've been back for almost nine years. And so that's my first love. That's my, those are my boys. And so, yeah, singing is, is my, my, my second favorite thing to do. After mm -hmm. But now on this new record, JR does take over some vocals. So he's giving this larger platform now. Yep, I uh I'm not the best singer, so uh where I'm weak, he is strong and uh, and so his voice is really good with um you know the the hooks and the and the melodies and the clean vocals and everything and mine's more intense and dramatic and screamy and you know, but uh I did step up I think with the singing and just you know what you know what I'm I'm I've always been good at impressions, you know, like uh not good, but just funny with them, you know, mm -hmm. like Alf. I was talking to uh, Josta the other day. We were <laughs> okay. doing Alf. Hey, Willie! You know, and all <laughs> the other stuff. When Keith, like Keith wrote these songs, he wrote the choruses and whatnot for these songs, like the first song, our first single down on the Love and Death Project. And basically I heard his voice and I mimicked it. And and so that that helped me a lot because he's a trained like gifted singer that you know he's born with that gift mine i've i'm more of a learner you know and i and i need to learn vocals and he really helped me on this record and i'm thankful to him if you could if you could like um think about who you would reference immediately when you did start to kind of like massage your vocal cords is there somebody that you would sing along to like a childhood uh, favorite or even an adulthood favorite when you started to think about yourself as the front man? Um, I mean, just like my, one of my favorite singers is uh, the singer in my band, Corn. So, you know, I would definitely pull inspiration from him and, and then the other greats out there, like, uh, you know, Maynard's Awesome and Surge. And, uh, you know, bands like that. And just, that's, a, that's, a, that's it really. But I tried to get my own thing going on, you know, and I wanted to have something that was, you know, it was me as well, you know, it can be influenced, but you got to have your own thing. And so I feel like I've, I've developed it over the years with love and death, you know, um, especially, you know, th this new record, I've, it's exactly where. I want it to be. It's just the first record was cool. I like it too. And, um, but it's just, it's a little bit, you can just tell it's a first record, right. you know, with bands coming out, it's like, you can hear something cool and it's a great record. I love it. But when I compare it to this new one, it's like, Oh, that's, 
that's the first attempt, you know, <laughs> and now we kind of nailed it a lot better. It's interesting yeah. that you bring up those, uh, those vocalists specifically, you know, uh, Jonathan from your band and, um, uh, Maynard and, and whatnot. I, I don't find them to be like, unless I'm completely wrong, you're classically trained as we were saying with, with Keith or, or just like the idea of their voice is so surge, for instance, is a great example. So uniquely theirs. Jonathan, the same thing, Maynard, the same thing. You hear that voice and you know it. And, you know, like there's other bands out there that have existed in your lane that it's not to say that they're bad singers. They just don't have the, as soon as you hear the first word, you know exactly who it is uh, effect to it. And it's just, it's, when I hear you say those things, I think about, I just thought about that as, as prevalent as it is right now. And listening back to the few songs I've heard on this this last record, you have that when I I can distinctively tell it's you uh growing up listening to you and speak in interviews for instance i can hear your voice in that and that's a it's a great characteristic to have it uh, as a singer so i don't know if you knew that or not but you, you got I that i appreciate that i appreciate that um definitely you know it's funny it's like most of us even when i was a kid when i heard my voice on a, like a recording if i recorded with a boom box or something on a cassette talking or whatever i'm like that's me <laughs> God, I hate my voice. It's like so many of us listen yeah. back and they, and I had that, that issue like my whole life, you know, and I would cringe and now I'm comfortable with, with my talking voice and singing voice. You know, it's like, it's not the best, but it's, it's me. And I've learned to love me and accept me. So that's, that's a healthy thing. You know, that's beautiful. With this, with this record, I mean, it's it's Love and Death's a band that both fans of Corn and Break and Benjamin can go to, kind of feel that it's something they're very familiar with. But how do you guys go about differentiating your sound from the bands you consider, I guess, maybe your day jobs? Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like we, uh, I feel like we, we mastered it a, a, a lot better on this new record. You know, it's a, you hear some, uh, and f you hear the styles in there, but it's it just sounds different. It sounds like its own thing. And I'm getting that feedback from a lot of people, which is very cool. I mean, the two vocalist thing is is really cool. And the guest vocals on the record, we have we have three guests on the record, you know, and so it's just uh, I, I think um, I think you're gonna hear the, you know, because the corn sound and and everything that's a part of who i am it's like jonathan did a solo record and it's, it's yeah. like wow that's you know it sounds like corn because he's a singer and if i play guitar in another project it's gonna sound a little bit like corn because i'm i'm a guitar player monkey yeah. did a solo project and you know that it had some uh flavor fieldy he, he's got a Stillwell project you can hear his slapping the bass a little bit on that and you you know it's just who we are. So, uh, but yeah, I feel like, um, and that was a, a conversation in the beginning. I'm like, look, you guys, I want this to uh, just sound like its own thing as much as we can. And so we focused on that. Yeah. I mean, listening to it and, and knowing that you guys are going to bring a sound that's kind of distinctively yours. Uh, melody was one of the things that jumped out at me. There's a certain melody to it that I hadn't heard before in some of your music. I mean, like, there's melody all through Corn and Breaking Benjamin, of course, but this one really seemed to be hyper focused on it. Yeah, we we love all kinds of music, man. You know what? I I love emotional 
I don't know, like melody moves me emotionally and um, like in a good way. And so I really wanted to get more hooky and, you know, poppy and on the melodies, not on the sound, but just, I just love, I, I love like big choruses where you can sing along and, and, you know, hooks and all that stuff. And like, I mean, bring me the rise and does it very well, you know, and yeah. day to remember, like, that's a great, uh, that's a great um, comparison as well, because they are just so heavy and I love those guys, you know, but then they just have the most catchiest choruses or whatnot. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like we wanted to do that. We wanted it to be lighter. The first record was a little bit, you know, just uh, dark feeling. And there was one song called By the Way that was on that. I wrote that about losing a loved one and just uh, kind of talking to them, you know, just uh, grieving. And so that one was a little bit light. And I wanted to go that angle more on this record. And so we definitely did it. And doing a cover version of DJ Snake featuring Justin Bieber uh, really helped that approach. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, that's the thing too, is it makes it more, it makes it a little bit more accessible for people. Um, and that's what, I mean, I think a lot of artists want to get their, the reach as far as, as possible, uh, without alienating their initial audience. Um, but you mentioned those big choruses. Yeah. It does have that and that kind of anthem feel to a lot of the songs. And have you, it, heard, it, that, uh, you, have you heard the Bieber cover? I have not heard the Bieber cover. I've just been really ingesting the, the songs off the new album and then obviously the first one. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, thank you for checking the songs out. I appreciate that. And, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to, before I get you back to chat here is when, when you're writing, do you write in the perspective of like how it's going to sound and come across to a live audience? Mentioning the anthem, kind of like the big choruses that people can sing back to you. I really honestly don't feel that, that I do that. Like thinking you know, that people will want to hear this. I mean, obviously, you know, if you write something hooky, but I, that's just what I like. It's what Jason likes. It's what JR and, and Keith and Joe like, the writers of this project. You know, it's just, we just love that stuff. And, and it makes you feel good when you create something like that, you know? And so, yeah, we just wanted, like I said, we want it to be more, like way more hooky and melodic and, and a uh, lighter and and that's what we wanted and and i think that people more people will will like the sound of it and the feel of it you know because of that but it's just what it's what i listen to and it's what i love so that that's what came first okay when you did let me uh it's uh let me love you right um the bieber song yeah. uh when you w was there a reason why you ch you chose that that track um, I really loved it when it came out. I remember he went through all his dramatic stuff and making all these mistakes and, and, uh, DJ snake put that song out with him on it. And it, I feel like it was like, a, he came into a mature place and, uh, and, uh, you know, I know, I know his mom and, uh, it's just like, I was just kind of proud, proud of him coming out of that junk, you know, and, uh, I never met him before. But uh, I thought it was a good song, and it was just it was just positive, and uh, love. Like everyone has a heart for love, right? Whether <laughs> I don't care if you're a tough guy, 
or male, female. It's like, you know, love, love is a good uh, subject to, to sing about. And I, you know what I just mentioned I, how much I love melody and I love hooks and everything that song, the melody in it and everything. And so that's one side of it. And the other side, JR, the young kid, hmm. you know, he said, I'm going to send you something and I don't want you to laugh. And I just want you to check it out. And so yeah. he sent it to me and it was one, one version of our, our cover. And so he, he covered everything. It was his idea. He played the guitar. He sang the whole thing. I listened to it, started laughing anyway. And I said, we are 100% going to cover the song because we're going to make it heavier than your version, JR. And we're going to, and I immediately saw like uh, a female vocalist on it and, and some screams by me and heavy guitar riffs. And I thought it would just, uh, be fun and funny and, and amazing and really turn out to be a good song. And so we did it and I'm so happy with it. And you have Lacey, you have Lacey Sturm, uh, as the vocal, the female vocalist on it. Right? Yes. She kills. See, I haven't heard this song. I, I was looking for it just now and I'm like, I don't think it's out otherwise. Uh, Cause I love the track too. I'm a huge fan of ex- the reason why you would have chose it. Same, same as me. And I, I was like, fuck, did I miss that or something? And <laughs> I, I went to go look to see if it was out. Like, oh, man, I didn't I, I didn't check it out. And I don't see it anywhere unless I'm blind. I'm on Apple Music and Spotify. But then I saw an interview that popped up that you did that mentioned Lacey was the vocalist on. I'm like, oh, wow, that's going to be it's got to sound awesome. You know, just the idea of what her voice combined with your voice, which are both unique spaces and then the sonics of what you're describing, when does that one drop if it, unless it is already out and I missed it? Yeah. It hasn't dropped yet. It's coming out Friday um, with the whole record. Um, Killer. But the, the, the cool thing is crazy thing is that JR sings lead with Lacey and I'm doing more <laughs> like backups. And then I do the bridge screams and whatnot. And I do something on the second verse. So I'm sprinkled throughout. Um, and, but they're doing more of the singing and everything. And it's, it's really a cool blend, man. I think, you know, people that are like, what are going to really dig this song? Everyone I talk to, it's just the, the, the production on it and the, the heart behind it uh, is, is amazing. And there's just a story where there was, uh, and one of the people that performed it on, on our album, I just want to keep it a little bit... Uh, little bit private but one of the people um went through a suicide thing and Hmm. and uh and they were really trying to love on the person and it and at the end of the day they took their own lives and that song just was on their mind when that when they passed and so Hmm. and and i'm talking about one of the performers on the song and so and it was really uh it really ended up being a cool like a healing thing for them to do this song because I asked them about it, doing it, um, and while they were going through that. And so it was just like, a, wow, this is a sign, a cool sign that, that I really need to do this song. Yeah, yeah that's a very cathartic space to be in, uh, both for, I'm assuming, them and for the band as, as a whole when you're healing together, when you're watching somebody um, going through such a deep, dark pain. I, I've certainly been in, in, on the other side of, of loss like that and uh, vice versa watching my friends be on the other side of loss is it, it, it can't get any darker especially in in our industry when 
there's so many things to be dark about right now. Uh, so to have your kinship and, and brothership and be in that moment together, regardless of you know what anybody else thinks, I'm sure it's going to be sound amazing. But regardless of what anybody else thinks about the song, that moment is yours and yours um, to live with together forever. It's very cool. Totally, totally. I mean, there's no, there's no more of a hopeless feeling, you know. I don't think, or it's way up there, if not. But uh, then, yeah, just losing someone to that, and so. Yeah, I'm. I'm just glad that that. Uh, I mean, it really it really was a fun thing in the beginning, and then to have that cool cool story come in and spin it around for a positive, uh, you know, a, a positive circumstance to happen like that was really cool. Incredible. I saw that. Um. Uh. You have so with the live stream. I was going to talk about a little bit. Uh. Touch on. It's February twelfth, right? Is uh. Is when the record releases, and is the live stream event the same day? Uh. Yes, sir. Um. Nice. I think you know. I what are what are the uh, albums drop Fridays now, and then what at midnight, and then yeah Thursday night midnight whatever. And then yeah. the show is at seven o'clock Friday. It's also um, available for 48 hours after the showing and people can watch it as many times as they want. Tickets, 15 bucks. Um, like I said, you know, Lacey's going to be there. Um, and uh, Keith and, uh, and Maddie Mullins. Yeah. I saw Nate that. Fire, he's a, he's a shredder. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. With if, Maddie, if people are, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, Chad. I just no, want I people to mention, know where they where they yeah. can go for tickets for that. Just go to Eleven Death uh, Veeps dot com. That's Veeps yeah. is V E E P S dot com. So Eleven Death Veeps dot com. You can go to get tickets for that global streaming event. Eleven Death. I don't want to Veeps dot com. Yeah, yeah. I obviously don't want to give any all the surprises you guys have up your sleeves away. Uh, but this will be uh, coming out after this episode will be will be live the Monday after the um, live stream. So I suppose uh, we wouldn't be giving anything away by asking this. But with Matt, is Maddie on the record too? Or is Maddie uh, uh, going to be coming and performing with you guys uh, just as a surprise guest? Yeah, it's just performing. He's not on the record. We um, we just kind of connected. You know, I opened like a, I opened a health spa with uh, cryotherapy and float therapy and infrared sauna and some other things just right, like literally uh, two days before the pandemic and the shutdowns. And then I had to close it right away with my partner. And uh, so, but um, once it reopened a little bit, Maddie came in and did the float therapy and float tank yeah. and we just connected. And then the guy is like a master chef. So he gets like free meat sent to him and like barbecue equipment and stuff. And so he had me over his house and, and, uh, you know, Ryan Hayes, who sang on the track, it's a pandemic. So I was, you know, I'm not gonna, it's just hard to have so many people come in for the show. And so Maddie actually lived a few minutes from me and it, and I thought it was a great fit. And he, he was like gracious enough to uh, say yes. And, you know, that's it. Can we backtrack awesome. to that real quick about the cryo and, and float? What what got you into that other than, I mean, just your own health, pers uh, just your own health regimen and you decided to kind of put it out there for others or what, what led you to that? I feel like um, it's just, it's just barely starting to be known in the wider sense in society. And there's, 
extreme benefits um, from all the modalities. And it's just a natural, more of a natural way to, to, uh, you know, stay healthy, find healing, um, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And uh, so what happened was my, the corn, we had a corn, uh, uh, physical therapist on the road with us for a couple of years. He was a friend of mine. I actually got him the gig and he came out on the road. He got burned out on the road. He's, he's fixing us and healing everybody, you know? And meanwhile, he's like breaking down and just feeling like crap. And one day we, we had a day off and when he was feeling horrible, he was like, he looked on Google maps and found a float place. And he's like, I'm going to go try one of those things. See what, see what it's like. And he had, a 180 and he just he was like he called his wife and said this is what we're going to do next because he was thinking about um moving from his pt clinic in nebraska and starting something new and he had an epiphany he's like this is it this is the new thing and so we just started talking and i really loved the concept about you know helping people and starting a business that that could hope hopefully grow and be successful while helping people and and there's a great market for it and a lot of people getting into it. Joe Rogan talks about it like nonstop and he does it yeah. he just floats every day. And so that's how it started. Yeah, I was gonna say Laird Hamilton, they all do that Wim Hof thing where they get in the the uh the tub of ice for a few minutes and then go in the sauna. So Right. And so but cryotherapy is the is is that, you know, it's mm-hmm. three minutes and you know, negative uh, two forty. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I went into it and I, I know how it works and I know the, the stories because we talk to people all the time, the stories about their, how they feel better and that it takes back pain away and, and all this, it's, it's good for metabolism, everything. And so I was like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to be a, a, a proponent of this. And so I'm going to be able to talk about, it. I get in there and I start hyperventilating. It's so cold. And I have to get out in two minutes. It's you're supposed to go three. I made it like yeah. just under two minutes. So, and he was like, "No, breathe, just breathe slow." And I was like, "I can't, I, I, I can't breathe." <laughs> and I was like, "Open it, open it." And I started, I started um, going freaking black. Like everything started going black because I couldn't breathe. Right. <laughs> I wish that I wish my video was working. I'm like literally dying. I've done the same thing. That, that is, I after the second first time, right? Did the second time you knew that you weren't gonna die or something? So I would assume that you were like full on like that same mentality before you went in the first time. You're like, all right, I got this, and you conquered the three minutes. But the right, am I, or are you still kind of like I think I'm gonna die every time I get in that thing? But I love that. I mean, just to, I'll just be honest. I've never been back in that thing since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think you get it. Your body doesn't adapt to 240 below. It just kind of every time's the first time. But I hear the sequence is like a pop song. It's just sing. Get a song in your head and just sing it and get the three minutes and you're done. So. Bro, I'm like, I'm listen, I'm very sensitive to cold. And um, it, it like traumatizes me. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just kind of get massive anxiety. And so I really want to use that. I mean, I could do it for free every day, <laughs> but I just can't do it. I mean, it's, it's just me and cold do not mix. I do the, <laughs> I'll do the sauna though and the float. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So can we, just, can we take a second just to talk about the, your creative process? Because you're very prolific. I mean, obviously corn, love and death, 
you're an author, you've got four books under your belt, you've got the documentary, you got who's ever's. Where's the drive? Where's the drive for all this? You just seem to kind of constantly be working. Is that just kind of helping with your healing? Is it just constantly being creative output or? I think things are meant to be and they kind of um, fall into place, but I want to give props to uh, managers out there because <clears throat> managers, like I give props to producers for producing records because our most bands that you guys love and, and I love and people out there love will really suck without the producers to make their records sound amazing. And managers are the same thing. Managers, you know, I have a great manager. I, I have two sets of managers, actually. I have Corns Management, and I have uh, like, like my solo stuff, you know, uh, a manager, David Williams. And he actually comes up with cool ideas, you know. And, you know, he my last book, he his friend got promoted to, like, president of this, um, of this, uh, book uh what do you call it a booking agency that gets people book deals and everything and so he mm -hmm. came up with the idea and we we got the concept and and i love sharing things about my life and so my last book that that's how it happened the documentary that came to me you know this this company called i am second came to me and they wanted they did a short doc before and they wanted to step into doing a longer form and my uh my story they really loved and so you know they found um they found uh what do you call it not a not donations but a backer for it you know mm -hmm. and and, uh, and so that just came fell into place and my daughter was on board and so we went for it so it's just a it's a thing where um i kind of I kind of just have a team, you know, and I talk to them and, or, or new people come to my life and we just come up with ideas of how we can affect the world in a positive way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's awesome to hear that, that you that you recognize that I know David, I know your manager. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. I manage songwriters. I manage Tom Hain, uh, who, who's written, uh, written with you. Uh, Tom was in, uh, in this moment and whatnot. And he, He's uh, uh, done a couple um, sessions with you in, in the past, and David and I have talked through those. That he's a great guy, and, and you can tell that he 100% gets his, what you're doing, but also, as you said, understands what somebody outside of themselves might not be understanding about what the world feels and needs and in, in how you can help fill those uh, voids in what the world feels and needs and without that motivation i could understand being an artist myself uh not i can understand never coming out of those the, the shell that you're that you find yourself in because you're like nobody wants to hear about this crap or whatever it is but the cathartic version of getting it out and then thusly watching people's lives um change has got to be incredible and in, in, at your your space in size of your career an incredibly awesome feeling man i don't it is. It, it, it really is. And I know exactly who you are. I did not know that you're Tom's manager. And so that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and my God, I've been talking about Tom and Keith and Jason and Joe, and there's so many people on this project. Of course, on this podcast, I left Tom's name out of the, the writers and the collaborators on this, on this record. So big up to Tom Payne. He, he wrote all the music for the Hunter. And then we just, you know, we, we took it and we put our love into it and, and put our melodies on it and wrote the lyrics on top of it. So Tom was was very big uh, part of this record too. 
Hunter we just released last week and uh, big, big props to Tom. And also, uh, he yeah, he wrote on the song called Affliction. I think um, one or two others, possibly, maybe not, maybe just those two. But yeah, I loved working with Tom. He's like the sweetest guy ever. So Tom, uh, you're just going to have to forgive me because I've been talking about you in every other interview. So I love you. <laughs> he did tell me to tell, tell you that he said hi. Uh, so he'll love, I'll be like, well, tune in. Why don't you listen to the episode, Dick? Because he, he actually, he actually, we're talking about you on it. But yeah, uh, you know, I just wanted to, to say big props to you for, for saying that. Because a lot of the times, and I understand it, on the other side of these conversations, you're like, do I talk about my team? Because it kind of makes you feel uh, maybe a little bit like... Uh, that it's not, not, I don't mean to say egotistically, not you, but like it kind of puts your guard down. But the idea of none of this shit gets done without the teamwork and like period, you don't go on the road without the teamwork. You don't make a dollar without the teamwork and, and understanding who you are as a person in those deep, deep, deep conversations you have with your team. There's nothing more uh, uh, important than those conversations you're having, whether it's about commerce or not. And I want people to know the truth. And there's some talented people, guys out there and girls and, and just people in general. And I'm so grateful that these guys came on board and helped us get Love and Death Sound to the next level. And Tom and Keith was, you know, Keith writing those hooks for those singles. It's just, I mean, he just released, Keith just released a song called Dream Away for his solo stuff. And it's just slamming. Oh, my gosh. It's all these radio stations are picking it up. And I just, you know, I wouldn't, this record wouldn't sound is anywhere near like it does right now if it wasn't for them. So, yeah, I want to tell people what really goes on. And I genuinely love collaborating. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just a fun thing to talk about. It's a, it's a cool story, you know, that, you know, we come together and create art together, right? I'm not the, I'm not the freaking main guy that with all the talent, like I couldn't, I can do anything without my corn bros and the producers and these guys that I just mentioned for the love and death project and the producers, you know? So, yeah. Jason yeah, we, and Keith are incredible dudes too. I've spent time with them I'm in on the road and I, I know their personalities and uh, I can only imagine uh, getting to know them over the time that they've got to be a real treat to be around making music like that. So it's cool to hear you mention them. Yeah, they're, they're just great guys and great to hang out with you. It's just uh, yeah. hang out with you. you know, the, the great thing about this project is it's not really it's a, it, we call it a project, but it's standalone and it 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 it's a fully fledged and fully flushed out album. And and so both albums have been that way. So you know, it's like a perfect circle. It's like it could stand on its own. It doesn't need to be attached to whatever else you guys do. So that's a testament to the the talent and quality of the record itself. Right. Well, thank yeah. you. Absolutely. You know, just I feel like uh, bringing these players in for this new record definitely has a has more of an oomph behind it. You know, with the you get the just with these names and these this talent. You know, it's just a it's a step up from last. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Chad, do you want to you want to talk to him about uh, Shiprocked? Yeah, I, I would. Um, so the my band Wilson played the, our first year. We played in two thousand and fourteen, I believe, and uh, Love and Death played that year as well. And it was the first time that I I got to see um, that project in its flesh. And I was overwhelmed. This kid from Detroit didn't ever think I was going to be playing in front of a- anybody to begin with, and let alone on a cruise ship. I had a 
incredible experience. Uh, overwhelming is like the very most minimal word I could probably use. I wanted to ask you two things really about this ship. A, with Love and Death in that year, I don't know if you had played it before 2014, but has Shiprocked your first experience like on a vessel at sea performing? And how did it feel? Yes. Well, oh, no. Yes. Corn, and, corn uh, had been on. You guys had, uh, corn had done it. Well, check it out. Okay. I, the reason why I hesitated was um, two reasons. Corn played without me. I rejoined their band like three months after they played that. Uh, and, yeah. And so, and, um, but I did play on a boat with corn in 1993 before we got signed to Lake Havasu, the biggest party lake in California, Southern California. <laughs> and I we, about played, <laughs> we played on the, the, the upper deck of this boat, man. And we played blind and we played, uh, predictable and all the, and all these songs, man, on a boat with all these jocks partying around us. <laughs> It was crazy. And uh, so that's that's my first boat experience. Um, The second one was Shiprock in Love and Death. So it's really my first boat at sea. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. (laughs) Do you you enjoy the experience of playing on a ship after all? I mean, at that point in time, you've been on a a shit ton of stages, uh, but none... Uh, you know, as unique as a boat in the middle of the ocean. Uh, did it, did it, does this make you feel sh- like shit or do you love it? Like that experience of actually playing while on the sailing, I should say. Um, it's, it's like when we're performing, it, it just feels like um, a venue on, on dry land to me. It's the other part where, where you're in your room and if you hit like, really uh rough seas and stuff it's like uh i don't mind it i don't get seasick or nothing the guys in corn did not have the best experience on sea that's all i'll say like they're the 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 bass player gets really queasy and Mm -hmm. uh it's but um i loved it i um i've been twice on ship rock now uh i did once when we played on that that year with you guys and another time was when we showed the my documentary on Shiprock. So I definitely have a good time. The people are so genuinely nice and awesome. And you know, when there's there's just a there's not too many just uh raging alkies, you know. I I feel like late at night there is and I I I kind of turn in around, you know, eleven or twelve. But uh it's it's really cool. People are respectful and it's just a great experience man i loved it and i love danny hill and i love a lot of you guys who who i met on the ship you know just amazing experience and then to jam with other artists like on the what's it called the uh stowaways yeah yeah that was was a big highlight right there i got to play with chad uh from hell yeah Yeah. his first appearance um after we lost benny you know and so that was staggering uh honor to be able to play with him you know for the first time after that happened and just really amazing i got nothing but great memories 
Yeah, several of the great memories that ship rockers have includes that when you when you kind of took over for the girls doing the washy washy thing. Remember as you go into the leave it. Yeah, that was a big that was a lot of fun. That obviously the the uh, event you just mentioned with uh, with Chad, but also you guys showing the, your dock on on the to an exuberant audience in the theater was that was a, such a great moment for everyone. Right on. Yeah, that yeah. was that was powerful, man. Yeah, I mean. We took, we had a Q and A and man, my bros from, from Papa Roach, the whole band came and watched it and Seven Dust and some, you know, some other musicians. And then all the fans came and I was worried that, you know, people were just gonna wanna party and not watch a, a documentary about, you know, addiction and, and alcoholism. <laughs> so uh, right, right. I was like, I think you're just going to, am I going to be their party, but or party killer or buzz kill or whatever, <laughs> but it was really packed, man. And, and uh, man, it was emotional. I remember Jacoby got up and he just thanked me for being an inspiration for his sobriety and his faith. And, and uh, he, he got choked up and I got choked up and we've been through so much and it was such a powerful moment. That I'll never forget. Yeah, you know, they, for all the partying they do, that at the top of the list is they're music fans, right? And that that is goes above anything. Um, so, and I think they they knew it meant a lot to you for that film. So I think they wanted to be to support you as fans and also you know maybe friends at some point. So it yeah. was plus a lot of them. A lot of them do run into the same issues of faith and sobriety like you. So it's it's just it's it's good lesson for them. Yeah, I mean we're all in this together, man, and. And so just uh, just to get together and, and to real talk, you know, it's good to communicate about tough issues. Yeah. It's really yeah. important. It's, um, you know, this, I, I, I shoved everything down so deep and, and just tried to mask everything with uh, Medicaid, with alcohol and drugs for so long. And um, it's just, it's, and, and I never wanted to talk about real issues and it's so healing, man. And that's another reason that you asked earlier about, you know, the projects to, to write the books and to do the documentary. Every time I work on those projects, I, I feel like I get cleansed a little bit more in my soul. And it's like, what a therapist do, right? They sit you down and they talk to you and they communicate and it, and it heals you and it helps you. So I'm basically going through my own, uh, counseling when I do these projects and it's, yeah. you know, it's like layers come off of the old and new fresh layers emerge. Amazing. Can I ask you a real quick question about the doc? Um, specifically, I wanted to know like how cool of an experience it is for the fans to be in such a unique space to, um, uh, you know, preview something so meaningful. And so like, as you said, cathartic and healing with a room full of people who have 100% been there, you know, uh, it, 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 for you having the support of those people in the room has got to be an overwhelming feeling, but going through the process of putting that together and the, you know, the footage that you, that you see inside of that, I mean, digging that up, how it was found, Justin had a really great question actually about this specifically. So I'm going to let him ask it, but I did want to mention that I can, I have to say like, that's brave, super brave thing to do to be there in a room with your peers in on a vessel where you can't you can't just fucking leave you know right uh, it, it, it's there you know you're putting the you're 
you're closing the, the cellar door or actually you're opening the cellar door and uh, you know, now you have a clean house, I suppose. But uh, I'm going to let Justin ask his question uh, because it was important. I think. Brian, one of the things I noticed during the doc and not only seeing on a ship, but watching at home where you can, you can watch it folks. If you ever get a chance, by the way, uh, check out loud, crazy love. You can find that on any streaming service. Uh, probably Netflix or some Showtime probably has it as well. I'm not sure what stations have it, but it's out there if you look for it. Uh, worth your time. One of the questions as someone who's followed your career for a long time, I mean, the first time I ever saw you guys, you guys were playing with Sick of It All as like 95, that tour. So wow. you, you were there? I was at the Engine Room in Fort Worth, Texas. Yes, sir. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. But, well, because real quick before I ask a question, because I was a, I became a fan because I was a huge helmet fan, and I heard the guitar, the similarities, but you guys were playing it, playing it in a much different format than what Paige was doing. You guys were almost turning, like almost, it was such a, a weird take on kind of that sound I already love. So you guys were an immediate hit with it, these ears. So I digress. We straight ripped off helmet with riffs sometimes. So thank you, helmet. <laughs> thank you, Paige and the guys. So anyway, my question was this is like when you're looking at the footage and I'm just watching as a fan, I'm not living the thing, but you see some of the footage that was used were some very compromising times for you. You know, whether you were sick on top of an amp or you just had, you know, maybe had done something and it just the look in your eyes or maybe you just gotten sick, got off the stage. A, how does that footage even found who took it? And B, what's it like to have to relive seeing that over and over again? Whoa. Uh, great question. Um, well, we were just young. We were kids, man. We were in our twenties, just going for it. You know, it was all about alcohol and, and the party and then drugs at times. And then it became all about drugs and less alcohol. <laughs> but, um, we had our, a friend of ours that just filmed everything. He was way into, uh, um, cameras and just uh, capturing footage and we wanted him to capture everything. So, you know, we would have it one day and he was just, always, he always had the camera on. And if it got really crazy, he would definitely put the camera away, you know? Sure. But, uh, <laughs> but some of that stuff, yeah, we did have. And, and I think people need to see, cause I wanted people to see the contrast of the dead man walking and right. the new guy living right yeah right. yeah and so i really was thankful to find that footage and it is hard to to look back at it um sometimes and i won't watch the documentary anymore honestly i just i've seen it a dozen or two times and i just if i do an event or something i'll i'll like introduce it or or stand with the host and welcome everybody but then i'm gone until the end of it sure <laughs> sure yeah it's real and raw but I definitely, I think what it opened up is a lot. It made you, which is the most important thing when we look at artists is you made it vulnerable. So that makes you really relatable. I mean, that's what, that was the plan, bro. It was like, these people need real, you know, this world needs real and my fans need real. And I just want to talk about real life because all, so many of us in the rock world, fans or musicians struggle with the same things, you know, it's like, it, you know, it's just a group of people broken and and trying our best and, you know, falling into temptations and trying to get healthy. And, you know, so it's just that's all that's all it's about, you know, for me. It's yeah. just. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, listen, what we do with your time tonight has been ultra valuable to us. And, and, and thank you again for giving us this hour. Um, and I can't wait for our audience to hear it. But what we'd like to do with these uh, is end it on a thing called Walk the Plank. <laughs> which is just basically three random questions. One for myself, one from Chad, and one we've taken from a fan. And they don't relate to music in any way, shape, or form usually. So just a random question. So if, would you you mind playing? Let's do it. All right. But Chad, you want to go first? I'm going full video. Let me see if I'll last I'll, 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 uh, how long <laughs> okay. I'll last. Because this, this, like this is a monumental moment for me. Uh, as, a, as Justin said, huge fan from day one. Uh, so I'm going to ask you, uh, just a simple question. In your perspective, what's the most significant problem that the world was facing moving forward? And I'm not just talking about COVID or something. I'm talking about just as people, um, what do you find us being so far apart on? Division. Division is the, the, is the cancer of our society. And it's just like, you know, it's it's just so horrible where people, they, they have different views and then they just hate each other over it, whether it's politics or or race or, or uh, just whatever, you know, there's all kinds of issues out there. And we just need to um, learn to accept each other's differences and respect one another. And where I follow Christ and it's to love your enemies. And I see all these Christians out there spewing hate and judgment on people. And it's just like, it's, it makes me sick, man. And so I think division is, is the number one problem, you know? I 100% agree. I, was, I couldn't agree more. That seems to be the number one crux for everyone. All right, uh, Brian, my question is this, what remains undone that you've wanted to get done for years? Hmm. That's a great question. Stupid email. Let me turn off my email. <laughs> Bing! That email. Uh, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Answering that email. I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be uh, profound or nothing, but um, I'll just say two because uh, it's the only thing I could think of. Um, tattoo on my back. It hurts so bad. I'm traumatized by it. It's like the cryotherapy. I'm like, I won't go back to it. Um, tattoo on my back and uh, also my house that I bought right before COVID. And so I've had a year to stay at home mainly and finish it. And I still haven't finished it. So uh, my house and my tattoo. Okay. So back you had to tattoo finish the tattoo. And, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Was that the question? Something a project? No, no, that's the question. Yeah. No, listen, it doesn't have to be profound. It can be something as like, I really wish I would have cleaned out the garage this weekend. I really wish I should have got that done. So okay, it could have cool. been that answer. So, uh, Chad, you want to ask the fan question if you don't mind? Yeah. Uh, pretty easy, but could be also um, a, a curveball here. Uh, if you owned a boat, Brian, uh, what would you choose to name it? Whoa. <laughs> um wow yeah That's hard. uh the overcomer oh i love it <laughs> dude it smokes as heavy. That's good. yeah because, uh, you know so oh, 
our our boats what what's what's a couple um boat names like uh well there's the ss minnow which unfortunately got lost in <laughs> its crew many years ago the titanic the titanic yeah oh yeah bismarck titanic. yeah so uh, th- uh the in front of it is actually um right in line with the the yeah the, the absolutely mainstream. so yeah the overcomer i think would be good because it symbolizes my life and symbolizes a boat going, you know, ship going into the sea and overcoming the, the, the strong storms and whatnot. Yeah. The swells. Yeah. The swells. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can get real swall, but you got a boat that will overcome it. That's a great answer. Well, thanks, man. Right. That was thanks. Uh, you hear that? Well, the overcomer fan. Well, listen, oh. um, Okay, guys, just let's just keep in mind here. Uh, Man. <laughs> this 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 Friday's a new Love and Death album, uh, perfectly preserved. Uh, check out some of the songs available right now, including the newest one, Hunter, and you can get down as well. And I think White Flag is also available for people to check out. Uh, check that out. Obviously, uh, you want to on the same day uh, at seven o'clock. I think that might be Eastern. Uh, go ahead and go to Love and Death dot veeps v-e-e-p-s dot com love and death dot veeps dot com pick up tickets for this uh global live streaming events for the release of the new album and that again is friday um listen i i know we've got no crystal ball here uh but uh, are your plans to take this on the road when touring becomes available or are you gonna have to kind of see what's going on with corn well uh i think it's 7 p.m uh central time actually but oh central we're okay. talking to, to metallica about opening for us we're going to do a stadium tour and um As I, don't you should. Know, I don't know if they're uh, uh free but we're talking to lars and the guys and or no, well, lars would like to yeah lars would like to be done by nine he's got to get he's got yeah he's got stuff yeah, you're he's right. gotta... um so <laughs> uh, it depends man this covid yeah. crazy there's so many bands that want to get out and um if if it opens up when it opens up sorry mm-hmm. um if if we have a demand if we have uh some inquiries and invites and we can get um uh an, an invite from our friends bands to open for them you know that would be awesome to go out on the road and so yeah it's just time will tell you know i know as much as you guys as far as how it's going to happen when it's going to happen and if we can make the finances work, you know, all that, there are, there's a bunch of factors in it. Yeah. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask, uh, how, what's going on with corn? You guys, everything's kind of just low key right now, or do you guys have something planned coming up? We've been getting together and, uh, throughout the last year and working, um, talking and emailing and all that stuff. So we, you know, there's a couple of different roads we could take with, with the band, you know, with the, the way things are in the world right now. And our management told me that I'm allowed to say that we're, we're, we're working on an announcement and we're going to announce some cool news coming out pretty soon. And uh, we got some cool projects that are going to be um, unique. And uh, yeah, we're just going to go for it and make the best out of this uh, I love it. situation. Well, listen, the world needs corn, the world needs love and death, the world needs break and bend. So hopefully we can all get all of those acts and everyone else out on the road and getting back to the fans and doing what y'all love and what we love to hear. So thank you again, Brian. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate the props and everything. And 
and following corn and whatnot throughout the year. So thank you for. Absolutely. Before we let you go, we, uh, we got to say uh, thank you to our audience tonight. A little housekeeping guys. If you're still interested in going into Shiprock 2022, which we'll be sailing in January, um, tickets are still remaining for cabins at shiprock.com. You can also go to shiprock.com for merchandise. And if you guys follow us, please subscribe to us. And again, guys, we couldn't make this show happen uh, without our producer, uh, Al McManus, our engineer, Jennifer Zito, our show coordinator, Heather Smith, and of course, the captain, Alan Koenig. Uh, thank you to my host, uh, Chad, and my name's Justin. And again, once again, Brian Head Welsh from uh, Love and Death and Corn. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank right. you. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today, such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.